0: After the premieres of our interviews on Saturday night, we like to get together for a live show. It isn't Saturday Night Live, but it is Socialist Night Live. we
1: we'll keep the red flag flying in.
0: Um, welcome to Social Night Live um, and uh, it's really nice to see you, things are looking a bit different tonight, we have real life humans who are in proximity with one another, which is kind of like, you know, what, what a really nice thing to see after a load of lockdown, um, so we're really, really pleased to see you all, um, please remember to like and share and subscribe to everything tonight, that would be very much appreciated. And I'm going to say quickly hello to Laura. Hello, Laura.
1: Hello. I'm not on mute, am I? I don't want to do the same thing, but hello.
0: (laughs) No, that was entirely down to my poor poor management of everything. I was just saying before I came on as well, I'm really pleased with uh, what I've done. And I've kind of, I've done a really clever setup tonight and then I just blew it all by being absolutely (laughs) terrible. You just messed it up. (laughs) Um, And now we have some uh, really brilliant guests. So um, would you mind uh, introducing yourselves? Yeah,
2: uh, sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, my name's Abel. Um, I'm from Newcastle. Um, I'm a a student
3: at the minute. Um, Hi, I'm Maxine. I was born in Hong Kong, but I grew up mostly in Newcastle. A student at SOAS down in London. Um, And yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm Chris, and I'm a student in Newcastle. Brilliant. See, we, we discussed earlier on about whether people needed to, like, put lavish titles on themselves. But we did explain <laughs> that we're more interested in people. We're interested in actual people rather than titles. And uh, the reason we've got you on as well, we're going to talk a little bit about the show that's just been on, which was Joe Guinan. But the reason that we've got you on is because you've been involved in the Kill the Bill protest today. Yeah. 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 That's right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. But it's been one of, I guess... It's
3: Six the
2: weeks. fifth one in <laughs> Newcastle? Um, yeah, it was today. It was the a the, the theme of international solidarity today, um, talking about the protests that go on around the world, um, but also, of course, why we need like the very immediate battle in this country to kill the PCS bill,
0: government bringing through. And that's what we're going to be coming onto very, very shortly. Um, so. You haven't, you've been out, you've been busy, you haven't had the opportunity to watch the show from earlier on. So me and Laura are going to talk about Joe Guinan for a second. Laura, what did you think of Joe? You did the editing and uh, you've watched it as well. What did you think of Joe's show?
1: I think Joe's fantastic. I think um, think a lot of his ideas, sort of, I I think the idea around um, economics and organising and all of that can seem really highbrow. And Joe's someone who's really, really intellectual and um, really experienced and I think it could have come across a bit too like over people's head so I was worried when we were going to interview him because I know how wonderful he is but I watched it and I was just like yep you just ticked so many boxes and I just thought if we could just do what Joe says will be fine. <laughs> Let's just listen to Joe, Joe Falida. Um he, It was incredible. It was really, really interesting. And I, it's, it's, it's like a lot of the shows we do, it was very much based around um, collectivism, grassroots activism, all all the stuff we keep bleating on about all the time. Um, so was really nice. And he, he just really knows his stuff. You know, just all this knowledge just rolls off his tongue really easily. Um and I, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Really, really interesting. And yes. I urge everybody who hasn't seen it to go back and watch it again.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the bit I loved was when he was talking about the, the, his friend who set up the Democracy Collaborative. Have any of you seen the film The Post? So it's all about like it, it's it's a few years ago. It the, was I think it's a twenty eighteen film or something like that. And it was about um, it, it, Tom Hanks was in it, and it was about the Vietnam War and um someone stole all the like all the records that the government had about the Vietnam war and started putting them out in the New York post and it was about how the Washington post then tried to get hold of them and start publishing the these basically really evil things <laughs> that the US government had been doing and um and he was talking about this guy this like guy who isn't mentioned in it but was absolutely uh crucial in in everything that happened there. So it's, it's worth watching the interview to find out about this guy who'd, um, I don't know. They, they, he described him as the Forrest Gump of, um, of the left of left-wing politics in the USA, because anything that happened, he was there in the background, he was doing all these things. So yeah, really interesting stuff. So, uh, do go and watch that. Right. We're going to move on now to kill the bill and, uh, our special guest. So, um, I guess any of you, like, do feel free to talk amongst yourselves and like, um, and and you know, like almost like you're having a conversation between the three of you. Tell us what this was about. Tell us why you had um, this kill the bill protest today.
3: I guess like the main three points I was pushing. I'm to put into the context. It was the fourth National Day of Action today, so there were protests going up and down, like up, up across the country, up and down across the countries sorry words um and yeah today like the three main points that we sort of reiterate um throughout is the fact that the bill is like a, an attack on our right to protest um also increasing stop and search powers which we know like affect uh black and brown communities the most um and also how it criminalizes uh, gypsy roma and traveler communities way of life by criminalizing trespass um yeah do you want to talk about the yeah. theme? Yeah, I mean, I guess I think mean, the
2: national stuff is quite interesting, like big protest in London, I guess, and like they've been linked with um like the international solidarity stuff as well, yeah, which is like, sure. kind of why I think that's been like, a theme throughout all the Kill the movement, which has been good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and um, like a lot of different, a lot of people came today, like spoke from um the communities that have been, I guess, like actively like have connections in the places. Mm-hmm. On. So um big community people came from Colombia. Um, to speak about the national strike that's been going on there. Um, for, I think, a month now, they've been on national strike yeah, and nice. facing, like, really awful um, police violence in the streets, um, but organising back really strongly and, um, like, in the Indigenous communities as well, fighting back. So, like, kind of wanting to raise the voice of that, um, mm-hmm. but bring the commonalities between what we're, um, like, it's the same, like, systems of police. and It's actually the UK police that are training the uh, Colombians. Yeah, exactly. Training the Colombians. Um, I guess yeah. the UK police, we can talk
0: about more. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I did. I didn't know anything about. So the the UK police are training the Colombian police. Yeah, which
3: it- are the ones that have been really violent.
0: Yeah, mm. and that's quite interesting as well because there are there are links historically with the British police um, uh, training the South African police and, um you know, and I'm not an expert in this one, and one of our viewers will probably stick this in there, and they'll they'll probably i like, put some some context there but um with with regards to what happened in Northern Ireland and how Northern Ireland was policed um apparently they became quite expert at dealing with uh ag- ag- people who they didn't um, necessarily agree with politically uh, in their own country to an extent so Perhaps that's why the British police are training them. I don't know anything about that, by the way. I'm putting like a massive thing out there that I'll probably get in trouble for. But
3: no, I think it's similar. Like I was talking a bit about Hong Kong, um, and I'm pretty sure like the UK have links with training the police over there as well. Um, yeah. I guess that's got like a colonial history behind it as well. Yeah. So
2: it's the it's the UK laws, like the old anti-union laws that um, were passed over from the UK that are okay, now being yeah. used to criminalise protests in Hong Kong.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so it's like a very much a connection there. I think like, it's also just like, not kidding ourselves, like who the police like really are, like they where they came from. Um, like, I guess it was based first on the, like, I, mean, I guess that's quite an important part of the campaign is like recognising how like rotten from the core the police are, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, literally. That, no, it's um I think was, it's
3: not a few bad apples, it's, it's not, like it's a rotten like seed. Thing.
0: It's a rotten seed, you can't yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I often speak and I think people really struggle with this concept when they're talking about the police. You aren't talking about individuals, you aren't talking about a few bad apples. You're talking about the system in which they work. And systems make people behave in certain ways who wouldn't necessarily otherwise do that. So it's not like the idea that like every police officer is this evil being that will do these evil things. It's the system in which they work, it's the way they're trained. It's the, you know, those things that I guess you're protesting about. Is that, is that fair?
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah no, I think, uh,
4: it's important to like, I think, first of all, there are like a lot of police officers that probably are, um, the, like, just well, we do get high. Uh, i don't know, like, the opposite. Oh, well, yeah, the opposite. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I think it's more like the the structure of the police in general. Uh, talking like, who do they actually protect? Um, it's yeah, what, like, it's just general, like, more police powers to come kill the bill as well, which yeah. I think is just uh, one of the things I'm protesting against
2: as well. Yeah. Like, we've seen it with the um, these protests, like, how violent they've been,
4: they've
3: been yeah. really
2: violent in Newcastle. Um,
3: yeah and I guess like talking about how um it's like the structure that makes like might make that influence an individual to act in like um a bad way for example when I was dealing with a police officer recently uh because of these kill the bill protests uh he sort of so he like racially profiled me and asked um he said something he called me Oriental basically, and I felt really uncomfortable with it and called it out. Um and he got really protective and really defensive and then justified it by saying, Oh, um, that's what the system says, like that's what it is on the computer, like it's on the database, like I'm not, I'm not racist, I'm not racist. I'm like, but then you're just proving like you're proving my point that is a systemic issue, not just an individual issue. And he like, just didn't know what to say. So like, mm-hmm. I agree, like it's not, um, yeah, it's not just about like the individual inherently already like joining the police force as a bad person, but also the structures, like how it can affect someone's like way of thought and mindset and language. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, that's really interesting you said cause sometimes I think we can, you know, the best thing to say in that case for the officer is like oh sorry is that not is that not a right thing to say oh, i'm really sorry i'm really sorry if i've been offensive and then you kind of learn and move on but it sounds like oh no well that's what i've got written on my list so that's fine i'm fine i'm correct because that's what's on my list you know um I think laura are- oh no no please 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 come in i didn't realize you were about to speak there come on well let but
2: just on what the point you said there about like the, the police could have
0: like I don't think there is a good a good response for police.
2: Like, however well-meaning and like apologetic they are, it's like I don't think like there's not like I, maybe you wanna I don't know how it would have been that situation, but the police being nice like there's not really a nice way to be a police officer because yeah, like the structure is there, what they're bound to do. There's I don't think like they can really do it in a better way. Um, I'm mm. sure we could hold them more accountable. Um,
3: but also the whole accountability issue is so difficult. Like we've had a lot of protesters in Newcastle. Um wanting to make complaints against the police um, and also just calling out their disproportionate policing and the way they've mishandled things and the complaint system is so inaccessible and also it's just a bit of a gaslighty process to go through to have to like live through it again and like have to prove your experience to the person who has done you the injustice is like really weird and not like an inaccessible process, like I said. And yeah.
4: Yeah. And one I wanted to make a complaint as well, like before. And the thing the lawyer I spoke to the solicitor about it and the thing that he said was that the independent the independent um like police complaints department or whatever it is, um is like the most like always on the side of the police and it's like this just within that whole structure is that everything just works for them. They know that they're protected by the law, because
0: they are the law, pretty much. Hmm. Um, Laura, you haven't spoken yeah. yet, so
1: I That's have it. been listening <laughs> with great, great um intent. This is this being wonderful. Um, unfortunately, I've got a lot of notes, and I feel like I could go down quite a few different paths on this one. So just bear with us, and please tell me to show up at any point. <laughs> um. But in terms of, um, first of all, I love what, what you have done today in terms of internationalism. I think that we really need to start sowing those seeds a bit better amongst our communities because I think that's the only way we can move forward, not only as a society, but as a world. We really need to be looking after each other and be internationalists. And not, uh, you can be proud to be British or English or whatever you want, but you also need to be proud to be a human of this earth and start looking after each other because everything's a mess so please let's just look after each other obviously that is stripped down to the absolute bare bones of what we really should be doing uh, but I really want to come in on um I guess all the police stuff uh the killer bill um protests and everything are absolutely fantastic and uh, i i know so many people who've been on them today up and down the country and it's brilliant um i agree um that i don't think we can necessarily hold individual police officers responsible for the whole system it is a systemic issue um and and you know like like you've just said there it is like even written in their rules and policies and guidelines are, is, is incorrect wording um, and things like that. So, yes, it is a systemic issue, but it is absolutely a problem. Um, we look at, um, I mean, if we go back to the 19... Long before your time, <laughs> kids, this is where I feel really old. Um, but we go back to the 1984 minor strike um, and the police absolutely tall strips off all the miners. You know, I look at Orgreave, where they went in buttons first, you know, that was a planned attack on ordinary working class people. Um, and then we skip forward a bit and we go to when John Major was in charge and the police stopped kicking the crap out of people and people said to him, to the police, why aren't you hitting us? I said, oh, we've got a different leader now. So it does go to show that it's a very top-down structure someone at the top tells the police to do something and they just do it because that's what they've been told they don't question it it just happens um and I think that's what it goes to show that it is at the very core of our democracy I mean for god's sake if we've got somebody like Priti Patel who's in the ch- in charge of telling police officers what to do then what chance have we really got you know somebody who's clearly shown themselves to be um a racist a a, a a capitalist and I mean that in the worst sense you know um she doesn't care about working class people and and will use the police as a tool to get us I think that has been proven in everything she's done um also one thing I'd mention um so this this is another wide-ranging issue in terms of the police but I think it does um Positions of power like the police, like doctors and you know things like that 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 lend themselves to being in charge. I think do that those roles do sort of um they are of interest to people who want to have power and want to have power over other people. so I think as much as I've said there, you know you can't you can't blame really the individuals, there are individuals who are just doing those jobs because they like to be in power and they like to have power over other people. Um, If you listen to Woman's Hour last week, there was a piece on um, the super complaint that's in at the minute about the whole systemic nature of um, police officers not being held accountable for their actions in terms of domestic violence and things that they get away with because they're police officers um and chris like you said it's it's the IPCC i think and and not a great deal has been done as yet unsurprisingly uh, sadly um so that's gone into this super complaint and some of the stories are absolutely devastating the families of these police officers who have to live through this um with no accountability whatsoever the police seem to just have you know a card blanche to just do what they want um it's it's really really sad and and we need to we we all need to be on this straight away and and the thing is once you start criticizing a structure or a certain part of the community then you are going to go well not all police yeah okay right not all police you know not Not all white people, not all men. You know, that argument just doesn't wash anymore. It's absolutely pathetic. So we all know it's not every police officer, but there's clearly a problem here. Um, And I just love what you guys are doing. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Like I say, up and down the country today. And I just worry that there hasn't been enough footage. You know, the the media plays a big part in protecting um, this system. And uh, yeah, we need to keep going. At it. That that was my <laughs> lengthy rant on the situation, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's not yeah. what I've got to say about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So what I'm going to do now is I've just um. There's some really good questions coming in. So one of the things I've realised that we haven't particularly done is uh um was is, is define why this bill bill is so bad. And I think a lot of the time we know we're talking to each other, but what if someone just stumbled into this conversation? So. Do the police have too few powers at the moment? I think that's just a, a yes/no question. So, do any of us <laughs> think that the police have too few powers and need protection from things? No, no. I have too no. Many so, powers. no so, right. So, th- so this bill gives uh, gives police more powers to deal with. Um, you know what? What would you think might be a good thing for a police to for the police to deal with? Um, you know what they've come up with is. Um, protesters is protest a bad thing i think historically have we looked back through through time do we see protest as being this terrible thing that has held us back somehow
3: if you're part of, like the least of status quo that like don't want to be challenged then yeah sure yeah. but like absolutely to some people it's a bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> For ordinary people, no, not at
0: all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, think, um, I think those people who have protested in the past and won all those rights in the past for themselves, they probably kind of appreciated it. And I think sometimes people don't realise what protesters gained for people and what the police were originally there for. So does anyone have any input on, you know, what the police were originally set up to do? Does, or does anyone know that one?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess it was kind of, I, like from like what we it's based around like the colonial system of like, um, like the original police were like police of slaves, and that's where it's come from. Um, and then like that kind of got, um, I think like, historically came back like, through like, like the big cities, I guess through London, um, like as there was a more of a working class community started to be established, they were there to like control, like, I guess control strikes when there's a lot of strike militancy um, to crush them. They've always been there um, as the enemy of the working class movement, I guess.
3: And also so- to protect private as well
0: like yeah that's a big thing and when you're talking private property you aren't talking about like people's homes or anything like that you're talking about like the 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 establishment the capitalist class and so on um yeah so so the
1: police force were genuinely invented to keep working class people down fabulous (laughs) Uh, that is (laughs) news to me i did not know that oh my god i guess it makes sense I guess it
0: makes sense. There's this um there's this thing that people sometimes do and it happened during like the twenty nineteen thing when we talked about police cuts in um in the election and people were talking about like um they were saying, you know, the, the Tories have cut all the police and then people started saying oh talking about like socialist structures and they were like the NHS, the police and we're like the the police aren't a socialist structure. <laughs> You know, not everything that's paid for by tax is socialist. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really right-wing, weird thing to say that the police are socialist. But anyway, um, um, so all those things, the bill... Uh, now, one of the things we haven't talked about is um, the fact that this bill also will make it more... Well, make it almost impossible to prosecute undercover police officers for doing things like uh, raping people. Yeah, has anyone got the exam? I'm not an expert on this. Has anyone got any insight into this particular aspect of the bill?
1: I don't have any real-life insight in that I'm not married to a police officer who's been lying to me all this. At least I hope I'm not Paul.
0: (laughs) I'm caught out again.
1: (laughs) But I just... I feel like it's really damaging to have a police officer go undercover i mean I, I i'm sure that's a really difficult job but to then go right you can go off and do whatever you feel is necessary to fulfill your role including breaking every single law and there's, you know there's loads of stories come out where people have married those police officers not knowing that they're police officers and have built a life with them and you know their whole life is based around a lie that that has got to be absolutely crushing. Um, I know they do far worse than that, but I just think from a, a point of view of a, if you've set up this life and you get married and you have kids and everything's lovely and you think you're really happy and then to find that you haven't, it's just like something from a film, from a thriller. It's absolutely awful to find out that there is no repercussion to that. It's just like, yeah, that's fine, you're doing your job. You've ruined people's lives. To do what? like to what end
0: to find out what greenpeace are up to because they're the bad guys um so right so um I'm, i guess i'm going to refer to you as a panel come in give us give us your views on this
2: no, I, I, so i think that a lot of that because there's like, actually a few bills as well go through yeah i was going so to that, talk
3: about spy cops and, i think like, that, i think
2: spy cops has gone through um yeah and that was the one that like i think we've ever on but um it went through um i mm. had a lot of covers on um and this one's like, so this one, I think a lot of it is about shutting down demonstrations. So like putting limits on like noise levels, like if yeah. it causes um, any kind of nuisance, if it causes an economic disruption. So that's obviously like local strikes um, are really restricted by this. Yeah, and I think um, like the
4: part of the bill that's about protests is when it's like, um, you can basically get either a 2000 pound fine, I think, or 10 years in prison. And then it's, it says, if you put someone at risk of co- of like causing someone um like serious annoyance. Like the the wording of the bill is so vague that it's like even mm-hmm. if you, like what is if I put someone at risk, um it just basically gives the power to just shut down any protests that they
2: don't agree with. It's essentially criminalising protests. Yeah. yeah. Protest is no longer is basically potentially
1: yeah i think the problem with that is who gets to decide what's too loud and who gets to decide what is an annoyance and i even saw in there that one person with a placard could be seen as you know an a, an annoyance and could be subject to the same um punishment and I, really how much damage is one person going to do stood there with a placard <laughs> it's it's scary it's really it is just designed to shut us down isn't it to shut any sort of um questioning of the establishment
0: down before i um before i bring in some uh questions from our our viewers tonight the last thing i want to say maxine did i meet you on a on a um about the prorogation of parliament in durham before did is, were you there in in durham when we had um a prorogation of parliament rally so sorry oh what a shame i didn't know i didn't know whether i'd met you um so the the idea was that you mentioned hong kong earlier on which is why because i was speaking to a protest who was mentioning that they'd been involved in the hong kong protests i didn't know whether that was that was um whether that was you or um anyway so you were mentioning about hong kong what is the what is What are the similarities between what is going on in, Hong, on in Hong Kong, which you mentioned earlier on, and in the UK?
3: Well, I guess it's, you know, the same struggle against um, the police being able to abuse their powers um, and to clamp down on protesters and also like trade union activists. Um, a lot of them have been like imprisoned and... Uh, arrested and imprisoned and put on trial um yeah it's sort of like this piece of legislation i guess similar in how in how like the 2019 hong kong protest started it was against this extradition bill um focusing on this piece of legislation and then in the end also the national security laws which have been passed through now um but yeah just sort of like That, yeah, same struggle against like police being able to abuse their powers and clamp down on like mass mobilization. Um, Yeah.
0: So is that, is that where do you, do you think that is going to be something that we become more likely here? Because you had a lot of people in the UK saying like, you know, well, you know, that could never happen here. That could never happen in the UK. Well, it does, doesn't it, to an extent. It does, um, not to extreme degrees, Yet, but we're seeing more and more the idea of like actually, you know, like we've seen a for example, a nurse in in Glasgow on the same day as Rangers went out and pissed everywhere basically. And you know, the Ranger supporters went out and had a, a big party on the streets. And the same day, a nurse who was campaigning against um, an NHS pay cut was fined 10,000 pounds for standing with a placard. So, you know, is this is this what could happen? What is like, what is the worst thing that can happen? Do you think if this bill goes through?
2: I think partly like there is like a lot of ongoing violence, especially like around stop and search. Um, um I guess like, especially like in cities, I think police are like particularly violent to uh, young people, especially young black people. Um, like face a lot of violence already from police, and like, of course like the border system as well. I guess that's where there's a lot of violence being like enacted um, already. Um by the police. Um I guess so that kind of thing is gonna worsen, like stop and search is gonna worsen. Also the violence against that like, gypsy room gypsy room and traveller communities um worsening. I think that's like really serious. That's yeah. like criminalising the whole like way of life is like like deeply, deeply racist and really violent. Um I think that kind of thing is worse. But I, so I guess that's like quite immediate things that like into aware of. But I think like we keep in mind as well, like we have regardless of like just the attacks and that's like we need to like our movement as well needs to like on the streets, needs to be protesting and like for the international things. We need to be out on the streets with them, disrupting the brands that are in like in um, in support of them. It's so, like a lot of what we do is like targeting like in the protests, talking about the UK brands as well as UK police funding places. Like UK brands who are based in the UK are often like, very complicit in stuff that's going on around the world. Um, so like the freedom to protest outside of them, that's like a lot of stuff we need to go and do, which will be restricted by the by the law, so and it will be repressed pretty badly. Yeah.
3: I think why we feel like feel so passionate about this as well, because like I don't know, protest is like Mm -hmm. a very fundamental thing, and Mm -hmm. to us, like it feels really scary and quite like a dystopian future to imagine a world where um, we could like be seriously targeted even more so than now um, for encouraging like protests on the street and encouraging people to communicate and have that dialogue. in that space um yeah. i just think
4: the idea like if you like even go on the government website and it literally names like um blm and xr as like basically the reason the idea that we need to introduce more uh like legislation because these are two like causes that have been like really effective with their protests um but i don't think it's because they're causing disruption because these protests are actually okay. they're working yeah so it's just to repress it <laughs>
0: It's that false equivalence as well. Like, um, we, I'm, I'm a teacher and uh, the the Prevent documentation that came out had far-right mm-hmm. symbols and they had like um, Combat 18 and, you know, um, actual like the Nazi flag and all these different things like they, they, that are very clearly far-right ideological symbols. And then they said, oh, recognize left-wing symbols, Greenpeace, vegan flag, you know, like... Uh, um St Pauli Football Club. These were the things that they were trying to create a false equivalence between like the, these really benign <laughs> agencies who were just doing things. Like, one of them's a football team, one of them's Greenpeace, you know. Um and they were trying to create a false equivalence between being a Nazi and oh, you know, it's it's that Donald Trump thing, isn't it? It's there are bad people on both sides, like these bad people yeah. are actually want to eradicate a whole race of people whereas these pad pe- bad people want there to be less plastic in the ocean you know it, it it's, it's just been, weird
2: well, it comes up less for uni as well like the way the prevents use is like create like islamophobic and as well again racist from the mm-hmm. core um he's like sure like it includes it says it's like targeting and other stuff but like um like routinely cracks down majority on people actually people not even talking about like um, things, things that couldn't even be um, like attached to anything like violent or like I guess the whole like terrorist narrative. I think has a lot of like, um, often used used a lot of racism. But people who are talking about like peace and justice internationally or like solidarity of causes, like these kind of like words like justice, solidarity, human rights, like trigger prevent event and um, people get brought up for, like,
0: for that kind of thing. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a question come in from from Twitch, which is kind of interesting. Um, It is so. What actually needs to be done about the police? And I think this was when we were talking about earlier on about like you know about the police in general, rather than this particular bill. But what what does need to be done about the police in your view? We
4: were we were literally talking about this the other night. In that like it's such a complex issue that you can't just say something, um, like a catch all like this is what needs to be done. But I think the number one thing is like. Like take take the funded out of the police and reinvest it into the communities. Like you need to tackle the root cause of crime, which is in a lot of cases just inequality. Um so I think we need to reduce the need for a police. Um maybe one day abolish it, but we'll
2: see. Yeah, we are talking about like can you actually I think that is like maybe we're saying can you actually abolish the police without a revolution? And perhaps that's what's needed. But I think like that is also like the point as well that we would like Really, I don't see it. it's like something that can be, it could be maybe held more accountable and like made um, perhaps more accountable to local government. Um, but really, it's something that like we could perhaps tweak, but it's like set up and like fundamentally serves the ruling class. Um,
3: I think like things that have come up um, talking about like issues that the police shouldn't be responding to and the police issues that the police aren't trained to respond to stuff like mental health um, issues, um, homelessness, also hate crime um, because the police just don't know how the fuck to deal with that at all. Um, They just make it, again, a really gaslighting process. Um, Yeah. And like, yeah, just like investing in communities a lot more, social workers, um, providing like good training that is actually what yeah what what works for people and not what wo- works for um the ruling class
2: we, we have there. we have got motion with all this written down that we're putting through the labor party yeah. Yeah. as well. <laughs> that's also what we're doing about it i think that's what people could like we to we'd like, like to see
1: party. that yeah give that to us and right. so we'll get it through sedgefield <laughs> no.
0: yeah, but oh, no, let's do
3: it. now it speaking of
0: um speaking of you you've mentioned the labor party there um, and we saw when people started talking about that. This is I'm going to relate this to a comment. Leanne Powell has said people need to understand what defund the police actually means, and not the mm-hmm. and not the media spin. And I think you've really done quite a good job of immediately coming in with you're not saying like you know it's to do something else. It's prevention rather than not cure. Um, but like you know, so Kea Starmer came out with the, like rather than about black lives matter he was like oh it's preposterous it's preposterous the idea that you defund the police but you look into the into the fact of it and you know people when they spend more on the police it doesn't reduce crime and if you look back into 1970s new york he actually found that when like crime went up when they funded the police to a greater extent which like you know it they 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 became more punitive and a lot of the crime was actually perpetuated by the police in New York in the 70s, which is an absolutely bizarre situation. So I suppose I'm asking you, like, what do you think about, like, how to get that point across about what defunding the police actually means? You don't mean, like, you don't mean taking people away from communities and people who are doing a good job, I guess what are you talking about when you talk about defund the police? I think funding public services. Yeah. It's public services funded, exactly. not
2: the police. I am mean, a police, like, yeah, on, on can't, like, I, mean, I feel like it should be, like, quite, um, yeah, like, all these things shouldn't be part of the police. Like, I'm actually, I guess, minimising what the function of the police should be. Because mm-hmm. um, I guess, like we've said about how they've, more, have always served as, like, a use of force um, to, like, shut down and work movements. That's, like, really what everything else is kind of just like being added on to keep the order kind of stuff um but it's like all the services like so yeah like said mental health services
3: yeah
2: and, like a lot of issues around are like, like crime of course come through poverty so like probably, like proper funding like reversing council cuts um mm. to get back that would like be to start to get back to the services that used to exist mm-hmm. um and i guess i know we've kind of been talking about this like can you make the police accountable um but where they could perhaps local local councils be um um have their like roles checked more um yeah, have have more control over their roles through the local council, I think. Mm. I yeah. think
1: it's really difficult to do that because, um, and as much as I absolutely agree with you, um, it's all kind of like, if it's all reliant on the power structure, isn't it, and who gets into power. So, for instance, Durham County Council here has historically been a Labour Council, now it's been taken over by a massive coalition of Lib Dems and Tories, and we all know how that goes. Um, so, if we did sort of i i guess um get it down to a a local level where the local councillors and government could could say what they wanted the police to do it all relies on those people being i guess trustworthy and the p and doing it for the right reasons um i think you were right in that um the powers that they've got. And the I, I didn't know the reason the police had set up and that has just blown my mind today, honestly. Um, I think we need to move away from that and try and get back to police being there. I guess the narrative is to protect and serve. It'd be lovely if that's actually what they were there for. Um, that'd be, I don't know how we do that, but I do know um, somebody mentioned um, I was involved in they um, campaigned to make misogyny a hate crime um, and the national police crime commissioner had said that they didn't want to do that because police wouldn't understand the word misogyny and so number one you've just branded your entire police force up and down the country as thick and also surely there's training to become a police officer surely you could go misogyny don't be addicted women there you go done Lesson one, take. But they just didn't want to include it at all. Um, thankfully, we won, and now police forces have to um, have to log any incidences that are des- designated as misogynistic, so that we can have a, a proper view of of what those cases look like up and down the country. But to use that as as a re- use the lack of knowledge as a reason to not do it it's just not good enough at all. Surely the police should, they're either this amazing, wonderful, fantastic force for good, or they're not. And the police and crimes commissioner, by saying that, effectively was like, nah, they're too stupid to understand. (laughs) Like, that's not an argument, surely. And you mentioned there as well, that um, stop and search being, you know, really horrendous, and that's going to get worse. And I absolutely agree it is. This is me going off on a, like a, Hollywood tangent but have you seen the film Crash with the stop and search scenes in that oh my god they are absolutely devastating absolutely devastating you kind of think they're really far fetched but the more I learn about the police the more I realise oh actually yeah they're not this is really bad so I, th- I would encourage everybody to watch that and be as disgusted as I am by it so yeah
0: I think um, the the mental health thing was has really struck a nerve with our our viewers tonight uh mia who's uh one of our regular viewers said um she, she was just going to say that they certainly shouldn't be dealing with mental health issues when she had a breakdown the reason she kept on going uh that that um i kept what was going on for me to myself was the fear of the police being called so like when was having a mental health crisis she was terrified of the police being called Um, a lot of people she knows have had the police involved when they've experienced mental health crisis or made a suicide attempt but they're not criminals the police shouldn't be involved and i think even the police would agree with that i've spoken to police officers myself who are saying why in the world am i being called to mental health crises every day and i would also we are on socialist think tank here we do need to state that um these mental health crises are a product of capitalism. It's a product of, like, you know, the system that we're living in um, that is creating all these mental health crises. And then they're sending the police in to deal with it. And we saw, like, Dalian Atkinson, the famous Aston Villa footballer who scored one of the best goals I've ever seen when I was a kid. I was, like, so amazed. And then he was having a mental health episode that called the police and they tasered him. And uh, tasered him to death, basically. You know, so... Why, you know, I I guess the the question is, why are the police being asked to do things to to do with mental health when they're probably the least appropriate people to be dealing with mental health services? I don't know. I'm taking that to the panel Because a robust
1: mental health service would cost more money (laughs) and they don't want to spend it on... I, I do believe that our government just can't be asked to look after people and don't want to spend money on in the places where it's needed the most. So just give all these responsibilities to the police, let them deal with it. It's not good enough. I mean, we've been we've been saying for so for years that the mental health um, support system in this country is. Absolutely pathetic to the point where it is still a stigma to even mention that you might have a mental health problem. Oh, your mental god! Don't talk to me. You know that, and and the fact that celebrities are the people who were trying to bring this to the forefront, not our government and not our education system. And you know, it's it's devastating, really, because it is such a big issue that impacts such a huge majority of the people in this country and after lockdown i guarantee that number has rocketed um we should be able to talk about it and we should have a robust system that helps and certainly not a police force to come and tell us that we've done something wrong because we're struggling no wonder people don't want to report things you know and on the not reporting things um am I'm, I'm in talks with people about starting a campaign around um the how bad it is to report um a sexual attack um i've spoken to so many women from the northeast who've who've literally said to me i would much rather experience that attack again than report it to the police because the investigation was so intrusive and so accusatory and so terrifying that they'd rather go through it again that is an indictment on our police system and shouldn't be allowed and so there are many, many layers to why the police aren't doing the job they're supposed to do, which is to look after us, in my opinion. Clearly, I have I've been naive and have had that totally wrong and they're not there for that. Um it's devastating. It really is. The whole thing is pathetic. So yeah, sorry I've gone off on a tangent with that.
0: <laughs> Panel.
2: Yeah, I guess I think the whole thing about civil protect isn't it, is an illusion. I don't think we have.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't think we have any faith that the the police will protect us. Like, um, yeah, they're like it's they've quite an explicit purpose what they would do, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. I think like the stuff where like unfortunately like people like are reliant on them to, for like mm-hmm. quite immediate situations is stuff that would be better managed not by the police, as we've come to. Uh,
3: and also, like putting police in those spaces, like we we've mentioned that they're just not trained to do, um, mm. like gives, gives, um, like opportunity for those like bad apples that we've been talking about or whatever to use that power, mm. and to like um, enact like whatever like racist or misogynistic motivations that they have behind it, and like really just further damages um the well-being of people um especially in mental health but like also like reporting crime like i really agree on like what laura was saying there before um how it's such like we were mentioning before, such an inaccessible process and just traumatic process Mm. um like how can we really report these issues um to an institution that literally like maintains that sort of uh power and like
0: yeah i think uh i think it's pretty powerful when you realize how few people so i suppose if if we were if the police were genuinely here to protect in the legal system not just the police the legal system was here to protect people one of the one of the things we would see is um people being convicted of um sexual offenses and and rapes and when you see how few people actually report that um given the trauma that they go through and I know laura you were you were speaking to people about people who'd rather not report the crimes. Then, um...
1: but it wasn't just rather not report report the crimes. It was literally I would rather go through that attack again than go through the experience of having reported it. You know that is that is absolutely damning. It's really really bad. <laughs> that shouldn't be a thing. You know being attacked should be the worst thing that could ever happen to you in your entire life. You shouldn't then be made to feel like um, a criminal because something's happened to you, which is the feedback that we're getting. You know, we've been speaking to people who have gone to Rape Crisis UK as well, and, they, and, and the sheer amount of crimes that never get any justice, never. It's like 4% of all cra- reported sex crimes go to court, and they're only the reported ones, and even, like, 1% of them actually get a get a conviction. It's absolutely tiny... And this is a huge deal and it's been going on for so long. And I happen to think that it is another um nail in the coffin of um the misogynistic society that we live in. Like, women mm-hmm. don't matter. And and it's not just women, it's 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 anyone who gets attacked in that way. It's almost like the police just don't want to deal. So like we'll not bother doing this properly. And they they treat the victim as the perpetrator and it's really upsetting. Um, We do need to do something about it. I'm pretty confident that that is not the only um, injustice in our reporting system. I'm sure there are plenty. Um, And I think we've learned a lot tonight about that. Just knowing that the police haven't necessarily treated people in the way that they should have been treated or listened to victims of crime in the way they should have um, and have been given a top-down structure to abide by.
2: Yeah, and then we don't we don't look to police to, to solve these things. I don't think we aspire to have like loads of police out arresting rapes every day. We aspire for those rapes not to happen in the first place. Obviously, mm-hmm. I, know I that mean that would
1: be lovely. Yes,
2: <laughs> it's not. like don't think we look to the police to solve these issues. As well. That's my point. I guess I don't yeah. think they won't be solved by the police. Like being more on it or like more. Yeah, uh, I think, like, it needs like there's obviously a lack of that in the urgent term. But
3: yeah, and also like going off of what you were saying about how it's been such like a long-standing issue like the hype around police injustice recently to do with like the kill the bill movement but also um the reporting of like uh Sarah Everard's murder and stuff like mm-hmm. that um a lot of people were only sort of waking up to this sort of stuff um like this year and like it's something that's been going on for so so long especially for like minority communities in the UK um yeah it's yeah, I'm happy that like a lot of people are waking up to it, um, but also to recognise that like it's something that people have been struggling with every day for a really long time is also important too, like there's a history there, it's it's not.
0: Yeah. The Libby needs to catch up with that. Yeah, exactly,
3: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Now I can see that the light is fading where you are, so I'm going <laughs> to... Um... To, which is, it, it still looks lighter than here, I don't know, it's, it's, you're not that far north of us, are you? But, um, so, I'm going to finally, I'm going to finally just ask, do you find that, like, given the evidence around um, the fact that crime sentencing, you know, increased sentences and punishment there's no evidence that increasing punishment levels reduce crime. Um, so, like, you know, people aren't put off by the massive sentence. that but We'll add an extra 10 years on. Oh, God, I'll get an extra 10 years if I rape someone. Therefore, I will not do the rape, you know, is not something that apparently has any sort of effect at all. Do you find it really depressing that, like, that's another thing in this crime bill that, like, yeah, for example, the Labour Party, like, oh, I'm fully behind this. I'm fully behind the idea that we'll have increased sentences, and they think that that politically, rather than go out and explain, actually, longer sentences don't, don't reduce crime. Why in the world are people like, why, why in the world are the Labour Party falling in with this idea that increased sentences will somehow magically reduce crime? Is that a depressing thing?
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the time, um, it's easier for a lot of the politicians to just go with like the the easy explanations and stuff. Like saying getting into a whole debate on why, um, like longer sentences don't actually reduce crime, isn't going to fit into like what they want to say on the TV of like uh, five-second soundbite or something. Um, but I think we also need to look at like why, like, what our prison system in general, um, like are people just going in it just to keep them off the streets or should it be more of a rehabilitation yeah. um, kind of thing about it? And I think that's something that I would like to um, see a Labour Party stand up for. Absolutely, yeah, me too.
3: Yeah.
2: No, one, no one thinks about the prisons and they commit a crime, you know, yeah. you don't commit a crime plan to a prison, for it. Um yeah, like, a, like a, mm. the issues are like, it's not the lack of punishment that people basically cause crime, it's the poverty, like, and the, the structures of misogyny and racism, they just so um yeah so, yeah, I think, yeah that needs to be like a I agree really like you're saying what Labour have been up on it essentially. Um like I that like hope, I thought like maybe Black Lives Matter has probably shifted a lot and the movements in the, in the bill now. Um but it's still yeah a battle to be won in the Labour Party on that. Um,
3: <laughs> to <make> people
2: realise. <laughs> yeah
0: many many battles um so how can we support you in the kill the bill campaign um how can we how how can we go about like helping as individuals like who like if we're watching this what can we do
3: i mean obviously people can look to um the kill the bill uh i'm sure there's a website and also sisters uncut do a lot of work on this um can help oppose the bill, but also I think the beauty of like the kill the bill movement is the fact that it uh, affects so many different issues as well. Um, there's a lot of issues that um, need people helping to like resist police powers in general, um, and like there's a lot of campaigns like you mentioned before, Laura, um, getting misogyny recognised as a hate crime. There's a lot of different campaigns that people can be working on in the meantime to, um, yeah, fight against the powers that the police have and that they continue to abuse, um, mm-hmm. where else?
2: And yeah, no, I think like getting the, like, using the structure of the labor movement is pretty crucial. Like they haven't really been on the kill the bill demonstrations much yet. Like it's been mostly down to like, um, individual and like mostly quite young activists to like pull these things together, like under a yeah. lot of police pressure and like the big like, labor movement organizations haven't been there. I yeah think, you know when the last time the party support protests was yeah but, literally like, we've had are, no
3: these... had no politicians with yeah those, like knowing
2: like... um you none know, like, of the political like, figures have like stood up which like could have actually been quite um useful against like the balance mm-hmm. of the police so like having um i guess mm-hmm. a labour representative should be there yeah really, putting
3: pressure on those structures that we have um yeah. and the people who are in those structures like we've well. we got
2: the motion going through the party um um, um, like, yeah, we like all want to pass that, our branches and take it to the CRP. And um, I can like use, and I think the same as well in the unions, people can pass motions in the unions. Like, the unions should really be out on these kill the bill demonstrations. I think, um, like, it's their rights to strike that are being taken away. Like, it's really crucial that we um, should be out there with this. Mm. Do you think more to add? I was just going to say, like, step,
4: uh, first main thing I think people should be doing is like joining the protest, like, getting out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> we like the bill is to be back um
3: in Parliament. next month yeah
4: so whenever the next national day of action it's got to be like the biggest one um,
3: Yeah. so
4: yeah even if you can't like make it just like share stuff about online and stuff like that i think that's my like, the most immediate thing
3: mm-hmm. is just
4: actually get on the streets
3: yeah
0: sounds good to me laura how can you get involved yeah. in social think tank
1: Oh, God. Aren't you getting... Well, easily. You can follow us on, and like and share and subscribe on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. Uh, we have a website as well and you can become a member. You can become a member for free because we are socialists. But if you do happen to have a spare couple of quid to give us so that we can keep creating content like this, then please do. It is very, very much appreciated. Um, on the what can you do? I just want to point out something we haven't really touched upon but i've seen loads in the comments tonight and that is um the the changes that have benefited the working class have never come from government. They have always come from protests like the suffragettes. You know, women wouldn't be voting now if it wasn't for that. So we need to defend the right to protest because that's what we've got. We're in our numbers. We need to use that tool. It's the only thing we've got in our back pocket. Don't let them take it away from us because if we do, we don't have a voice. So, yes, follow anything, kill the bill, go out to a protest, near you there'll be another one next month look out for it we'll share anything we can for the northeast and beyond if anybody wants to give us any details of any killer bill protests happening we will share that get out to it and also write to your mp your labor party mp if you've got one or labor party representatives and get them to get out to these
3: protests as well
0: okay closing comments anyone
3: um one thing i was going to mention if you do want to get like Obviously, the next National Day of Action is a nationwide thing, um, and collective, active, collective Action London usually do like a great map with all the protests and actions going on up and down. I can't, why can't I say up and down? Up and down the country. Up and down the country. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I agree, like getting out on the streets, yeah. yeah. mobilising. Make
2: it happen. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm. spread the words okay well thank you thank you so much for coming on we will have a very very quick debrief after this so don't go anywhere until then but we will say goodbye to our viewers Um, and goodbye to our viewers now we want to thank you and thank you for all the work you're doing it is incredibly important that you do this Um, so you have our thanks and uh, please do share anything that you're doing with us we are really happy on Socialist Think Tank to share any of the work that you're doing so use the networks that we have and um, we will hopefully see you all again see you there everyone Bye. <laughs> Keep
3: the red flag flying